Hello, and welcome to Mystic Grace, podcast number six, and this is part two, and I am still in Cornville, right outside of Sedona, Arizona, with, I can say now, uh, my very good friend, Claudia, who I just met recently. However, I seem to have known her from before. We have many, many things in common, and if you were with us for podcast number five, Claudia tells about herself and her gifts and talents, and we just have hit it on so many levels uh, and agree on that the where the ego has a contract out on all of us, it really is about our divine right and our divine being that through love and through giveness and through the power of understanding of really who we are, that is where our survival comes in because we are eternal and because we are beginning to understand that really it is really up to ourselves to finally get this message about how much we are loved by our Creator And as we, this earth plane goes into so many different directions and destructions and possibilities, it really is up to each one of us to remember and rekindle our own love for self and center and that golden thread that we have to our Creator. When we were talking about in podcast five about um, survival skills, Claudia was beginning to go into how to change your thinking into positive thinking for healing, for forgiving, and we were talking about frequencies and about to get into frequencies and changing our energy fields or our thoughts. And Claudia will take us there down this beautiful road of the power of our minds, our bodies, our spirits, all the Trinity, all trinitized into one, but through the mind, through our thoughts, through our remembering who we are, the power and the connection to the light, we remember and we begin to understand how to heal ourselves and one another. Well, thank you so much again, Colleen, uh, for giving me a voice here today. And um, I find it always fascinating how diverse we are in the multitude of our beingness here on this planet with the different colors, the different beliefs, the different bodies, um, the different forms of existence here. So I want to talk first a little bit about know thyself. I think everything starts that we do not look away from our core in self, but that we look at ourselves and know, who am I? I find it fascinating when I work with my clients in the counseling field that they often do not know who they really are. And uh, I enjoy then working with them on the definition. Who am I? I let them draw a little um, painting of themselves and then uh, like a little map, uh, the I am map of myself. I am like this divine being. I'm a teacher. I'm an artist. I'm a mother. I'm a wife or whatever they are. And then going from there, um, to acknowledging the different aspects of themselves, the different branches of themselves, the different leaves like of a tree, the different um, talents or maybe even weaknesses, but just to put it out there. So if you are inclined to find out who you are, do this little ego map and do this little I am map of yourself paint yourself and then do the branches and your creativity aspects, your fears, your whatever it is who you define yourself with. It doesn't have to be perfect. As we said earlier, nobody's perfect in this world. So accept yourself, know thyself. And then from that basis, we can go into what we want to be. 
because the core of who you are is eternal soul, is this eternal spark out of which all this existence, this polarity of good and bad and whatever we are here branches. So know yourself and then second, know what you feel. If you go through the day and ask yourself, what do I feel? So many people don't even know what they feel anymore. They're just acting almost like zombies, mindless, without feeling. And uh, ask yourself, I feel this. I feel that. I like this. I don't like that. Just to make yourself aware. Or I'm talking often also about beliefs with the two words. My clients heard it a million times. Always and never ever. Always this happens to me. Never ever can I have that. That's our limitational beliefs. And our subconscious wants to prove us right. So check what your beliefs are. Listen to yourself when you speak. And then you can change it and to say from now on, I allow myself to widen my perspective to this and this from now and give myself permission to explore this and this and that we're looking very too much outside of ourselves what these people do and those people do and politicians do and the media does and whatnot but we are never looking really within ourselves to see what's going on with us in the law of resonance, why do we attract these things? And I'm not saying this to think, oh, we're attracting these bad things because we are bad people. No, that has nothing to do with it, but because of fear. We oftentimes attract that in the law of resonance, what we fear the most. And that's why one point to go over the bridge into the new reality all the listeners are here today, think about it. What would make you go over the bridge of fear to come out the other end and to be fearless um, or less with diseasements? I find coming from healing, as mentioned earlier, I find that I can heal people all day long and they get better, wonderful. But if they haven't looked why they got this dis-easement in the first place, what made them so uneasy, the dis-easement or disease might come right at, back at them sideways with a different kind and form of disease. So my hope for our today's conversation is to give you a little enticement to look within yourself and see what's there. Yes, and, and perhaps, not to be shocked about to see what's there too. <laughs> and perhaps to see about what color, right. uh, what color you are. Uh, we were talking early about um, color and vibration mm -hmm. and changing our vibration, negativity and all that. Why do you think, I mean, I love the color blue. Do, do you? Absolutely. Coming from the so-called blue worlds, blue is the energy of teaching and calm and healing. And um, blue for me is very special. And we're living here on a blue planet, too, with the wonderful yes. oceans and the whales and dolphins and all the wonderful water creatures. So, yeah, so blue then why is very do we have a blue day and, mm -hmm. and feeling blue? And thinking of it, growing up for myself, thinking of it as a depressed, more of a depressed kind of a, a feeling, why would the color blue um, be equated with, um, you know, feeling blue? What does that mean exactly? I don't know who coined that term feeling blue. I have no clue. But um, talking feeling blue and equaling it with our feeling melancholic, I can say in melancholic moments, we go within ourselves. In melancholic moments, we um, are more inward drawn and tune more into our feelings. For example, on a rainy day or thinking about somebody we lost or whatnot, we are, we are more in our emotional body. And when we are tuning more inward, we are tuning more into our own truth. So feeling blue might not always be the worst thing which can happen to us because we are going closer reflection. within our core. Right, reflection. So um, I understand that colors have frequency. 
And when I was given this um, command in 1987 and praying for my mother with her cancer to heal her stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer that she had just been diagnosed with at 57, as I was praying for some kind of an answer or solution for, for her, I was given that we can heal ourselves with color, sound, and vibration. And this was a, a booming voice that came out of the sky, <laughs> out of my higher self. I don't know, it seemed male-dominant to me, male energy. Beautiful August day, I was just standing by myself, and I was praying, what are we going to do with this mother of ours? You know, how are we going to heal her? And then, it's, and then it was, you can heal yourself with color, sound, and vibration. And I was just shocked to the core and I turned around and I said did somebody just say something <laughs> and then it, the voice said again yes you humans can heal yourselves with color sound and vibration and I went like oh my god is that you is that you god having to do with healing answering my prayers perhaps about mother what shall we do and then having this spark of divine inspiration telling me about color, mm -hmm. sound, and vibration in 1987. Shouldn't we be seeing clinics all over the place, Claudia, of healing clinics everywhere, right next to the cancer clinics, about uh, working with color and sound and vibration and all of these diff these beautiful um, alternative healings? Or actually, they're not alternative. We're made of sound frequency. We're made of color. People that can see auric fields, I, tr I trained myself how to see them. Mm -hmm. And so it was just beautiful. And when, when I'm working with higher energy or I'm thinking in my love self and not my negative self, I can see my own auric field. And then I know that I'm made of love and color. And sometimes I see colors that are not of this world. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And they are, I can't even describe those. So let's talk about the um, frequencies of, of, uh, of the positive and the negative because they have frequencies as well. And how do we heal ourselves and survive in this field? It feels like it's getting denser and thicker, but that is the only way how we're going to get ourselves out of it because to wake us up, so to speak. I mean, nobody will stop at an intersection volu voluntarily and look and make sure or whatever and, until you get a few people killed then you got to put up a light. There has to be something else uh, telling you, don't, don't go too fast, don't do this, don't do that. And now we have, we're under this jurisdiction of a lot of negativity. And it seems so oppressive and so, um, you know, nowhere to go with that. But we ended our last podcast with we can pull this out because we're made of sound, color, and light vibration. So let's speak to that about our thoughts and changing this field and how we can heal. Sure. And that was one of the first exercises I got from my guiding ones. Waking up happy and then having to take the underground in Germany to go to my former work at the consultancy company and reaching that destination, being aggressive, and I could have killed somebody. It was so bad. Knowing that it's not me and my thoughts which led me to feel aggressiveness within myself that strong, I asked my guides, what can I do? And they taught me something very, very simple. To envision a golden sun over the head. One ray of this golden sun flows into every single cell of the brain. Eyes, nose, mouth, throat and neck, shoulders, arms, hands, fingertips, along the spine and muscle structure into the heart and chest opening both wide. Solar plexus to make it more radiant. Whole digestive system. Hips, legs, knees, calves, feet and through the feet into the ground like roots. And letting everything which is not belonging to us in our core sweep away into Mother Earth for recycling. 
until just the glistening frequency of soul, this golden light prevails. And then let it overflow from the heart into the aura, your electromagnetic field, as if you are standing or sitting in a golden light bubble like a golden sun, and then condensing it to a golden ring of fire around us so that all that negativity can burn off from other people's thoughts, blame, shame, other people's bullying, other people's negative negativity, and just that we can stay strong in our own energy, in our own vibrational field, with our own thoughts. And, you know, you wouldn't believe when I did that, I was commanded to do it about three weeks at least every morning before I went to work. And I realized, wow, a lot of the thoughts are not even mine anymore. A lot of the feelings I had are not, were not even mine. I felt almost empty in comparison to what I felt before, constantly being bombarded. And um, that was one of the first little um, exercises I got because gold is the frequency of soul. Saints are not painted um, by happenstance with a golden halo. In the olden days, uh, even non-clairvoyant people could see the golden glow about soul-aware people or what we call now saints. So this is the first step to work with color frequency with your own higher self, with your divine spark to bring the gold in and to download your higher divine knowledge into your own being, into your day-to-day beingness, but also providing a kind of protection. And I have very good results with that, specifically also with nurses who have to deal with people in their diseasement state all day long in hospitals and whatnot. And um, they report back to me good results and surprise, like, wow, I didn't even know that I was so... Mm, you know, afflicted by other people's vibration in my daily day work. So that's one thing we can do to start. And then we can go further, as we discussed in the last uh, podcast about the colors, and ask what color frequency would make me feel and be my best today? We don't even need to know what that is. I oftentimes testing my clients and asking them the same question and say, well, if you could drink any color right now, or if you would uh, ask your higher self or just ask yourself what color frequency would make you feel and be your best today, and they're saying me one or several, and uh, then I read to them a little bit about the description from the Aura Soma equilibrium bottles. Um, for people who want to know what colors mean, they can go online and read a little bit about the Aura Soma combinations and I found them to be pretty accurate in their description of what colors mean. But you can utilize this um, envisionment of color frequencies without even knowing what it means. I just read that to my clients to verify them that their higher self or their core center of their existence knows exactly what's right for them. So you don't need to know everything about colors to make them work for you in the right, right way. That's right. And you will see in your mind's eye or just know exactly what you need. And that's the first step into contacting your divine existence because part of your higher self always wants to you to go to the next level and being whole again, being in oneness again and filling the holes which might have been created by shock experience, whether it's the diseasement of a mother or a car crash or other things. And we leak then life force through shock experience from the left-hand side of our body. I am clairvoyant. I see auras too. And, um, and they're leaving the left-hand side with the frequency of orange. And not for nothing in aurasoma, uh, it's called the Humpty Dumpty energy, you know? Can we make it whole again? Orange connects the ethereal different bodies back together to make us whole. So uh, a lot of people who had severe shock experience, they're attracted to orange. And um, 
I find it fascinating how the divine design within ourselves knows us and guides us to what we need to know about ourselves in a neutral form, for example, of color. Yes, the aura soma. I have done that myself. And it was fascinating, really absolutely fascinating. When I worked with people on the in the healing room, on the healing table, sometimes, very often, the guides would say, this person is devoid of yellow, the color mm -hmm. yellow. They need the color yellow. So they would say, wear a yellow scarf, get a bunch of yellow lemons and pile them up in a, a bowl, look at them so that you can drink them in mentally, drink yellow as well, yeah, uh, lemonade, eat yellow, um, saturate your your field, your, your energy body with yellow because you are depleted mm -hmm. of that color. And so that was so very interesting to me. Everything is a, is a balance, and when we're in balance, mind, body, spirit, which is really quite uh, difficult to do now because our mind is being so bombarded, you know, like we were talking about earlier, and all these different frequencies. So when you were bringing in the color gold, the exercise of this energy of, of visualizing the color gold, that's the highest frequency, like you said, the frequency of the soul. So the gold then does that Claudia then replenish all the other basic colors of the body as well. Like let's say, you know, you were happened to be um, maybe had a little more red and you needed more uh, green. Um, if you put gold in, would that then the frequency of gold within that with that balance out all the other chakras? I'm just thinking. Um, no, it would. First of all, connect us back with our true source. And we can use the true source energy in, uh, again, creating almost like a barrier against the negativity, mm -hmm. almost becoming like a fountain of energy, you know, strengthen us on all levels. But then I would recommend to work with the colors of the day and ask what color frequency would I need to be and feel myself the best today. And then let it in like the gold and then fill the inner golden light bubble with the frequencies of the day to nurture yourself with exactly the frequency you need within the golden light bubble. The gold first to connect yourself with your core, with your source, with your divine beingness, with your golden spark, the third eye center or the divine light or however you want to describe it, the um, divinity in yourself, the Godhead, the the eternity aspect. Yes, um, the and air, then, Azure air, the I am that I am. Yes, yes, exactly. And then going into the specifics with the frequencies of the day. And again, you don't need to know exactly what it needs, but you need to listen to yourself um, to see that you might need something. So many people don't even know that they have certain needs because right. they don't pay attention to themselves, but they're just paying attention to the outside and all what's going on outside and not so much anymore of what's going in. Another interesting frequency I want to mention is silver. When I do a lot of house clearings, I'm working with silver and silver sparkling light. And I find silver highly detoxifying and it's also very reflective. So I want to say if you are in a conflict situation with a person and you're really having a battle of wills and... Um, battle of who's in charge, for example, a workplace or through a divorce case, work with silver and do your connection with gold, the golden light bubble, and then having a layer of silver against it so that things which do not belong to you can be reflected right back. But while laying the silver through you, let it flow through you, you will also detoxify yourself. Working mentally with silver, I find it always highly detoxifying. And um, when you're working with homeopathically, you can also work with our gentlemen, such things in the homeopathic way and bring it back into your body. Because a lot of people who um, have severe anger might benefit also from the argentum and so on in a homeopathic physical sense. So we can go two ways, from spirit down to the body and from the body down to spirit, from the physical to the mental and spiritual and also from the spiritual mental 
down to the body. We can go both ways. And in order to be able to hear what you need, and I've got this a lot from people, how do I hear my guides? Mm-hmm. How did you learn to, to hear your guides? You know, they would ask me. I wasn't born like with the, with the gift of hearing or seeing angels. Like Some people can do that right away. But I had to teach myself to connect myself back again. But people, human beings, want to know. They want to, uh, you know, augment their, their intuition. They want to strengthen their connection. They want to be able to hear uh, properly and and access that that eternal library, you know, which we all have a card to. And, I mean, just visualize having your own library card uh, to a library where there, the intelligence the resources, all of your answers are there. And so how how does the individual get there? And that, when you were talking about opening, just closing your eyes and just doing this golden meditation, or if the person feels um, whatever color is coming to them mentally strongly to use to use that color, but to open it, open up their, their pineal gland and open up so they can hear and they can see what they need. And like you said, connecting back to nature or, you know, whatever. But there has to be a sufficient amount of letting go first to be able for for God to fill you up or for to the light to be able to come in. The frustration of a lot of human beings is I can't hear, I can't see, I don't know what to do. And it's because there is this uh, unwillingness to be quiet, to shut the television off to pray, to meditate, to to be willing uh, to change your mind. Or just, you know, one of the uh, frustrations uh, that I had in a, um, of, of not being able to hear um, my higher self or God so clearly because I was involved so much in the, in the material world and the Las Vegas uh, court battle and all of that, and I just finally basically surrendered. I had a teacher who said to me, Colleen, you have too much thought pollution. <laughs> I said, that's it. <laughs> that's what I got, thought pollution. That's right. Um, because we like to think, right? We got to figure it out. We want to figure it out and look how clever we are and how intelligent we are. Oh, not, don't, don't even think about it. No, we don't even use a tenth of our brain. But we can access our higher Self And that is through the intuitive and actually through the heart intelligence and really open up our mind and get there. And he was said, and uh, Dr. Pelea would say, surrender that which you are not to be that which you are. And of course, I had to repeat that to myself. Okay, surrender that which you are not to be that which you are. Surrender that which you are not ego, pure ego consciousness to be that which you are divine. You are a spark of the divine, like you said, from the divine. We weren't manufactured in New Jersey somewhere, (laughs) right? We do come from something so magnificent, so powerful. We see it. We experiment with it. We were here in schoolhouse, earth here, whatever, working with it day in and day out and struggle like hell, which of course it is a lot for us because of the suffering and and the struggle and and here we are in the second half of our lives claudia you know (laughs) um to pull together everything that we've learned all the struggles that we have gone through and and um and say okay we got through it we're here we're still here we know what works and that is through the love and through the trust of the vibration of where we really did come from in the practice um, that we can begin to heal ourselves and, and one another. I don't know about our planet, to tell you the truth, uh, Claudia. I don't really know. I don't think I would have the answers for that. I don't think this is heaven on earth, <laughs> so to speak. I don't even know if we're ever going to be able to, to do that or get that here. I think the kingdom of heaven is within and I think we have to get there first before we can change the out, outer crust here. You know, I think we've got to change on the, on the inside or at least 
try to feel and recognize the the opportunity for that, the power, the power of that. We hear about it. We, I, I've got a thousand books, you know, that that relate to that. We want to get it from somebody else who's teaching it, and and yet, you know, we're not designed to do that. We were designed, you know, as uh, sparks of light of children, you know, of the light, you know, of God. And God goes like, "Let's go." Well, the like it says doing? in the Bible, "Make thy eyes single; thy body's full of light." When I was studying theology, I was asking my professors, what, what does that mean? They had never an answer. Uh-huh. But when I asked my guide, what did Jesus mean? Might thy eyes single, thy body is full of light. What does it mean? It means the third eye center where the golden spark is, where the pineal gland is the gateway to the higher realms where the Egyptians have seen it, you know, with the third eye, with the eye of horrors, which has to do with the pineal gland and the hypothalamus and so on in the brain. If you cut the brain through, you will see that particular form similar to the all-seeing eye or the eye of horrors and so on. So, um, or you were talking earlier about, you know, the Vatican and their pineal gland and and how they have uh, symbolism out there as well. So we all have it within us to access. We all have that gateway. Um, you were saying something earlier, which I found interesting. You said you were not like me, born with seeing things. So how exactly did you do this? You said something about surrender, but how did you surrender? How did you come to listen to your divine? How did you get there? What did you do? I made it my priority. I put it number one on my bucket list. <laughs> wow, that's I, a big one. I put it, I desired, I wanted to hear God. I wanted to hear, I Heard all the school teachers, the the nuns, the priests, the you know whoever, whatever, philosophers read all of that. I did not have any epiphanies, uh, you know, before asking, um, you know, how do we heal this mother of ours? And then the, the voice came in that was kind of a big epiphany there for me. But I made it my desire. I was so uh, dissatisfied with um, growing up. Um, as a child and being taught uh, certain uh, truths or beliefs and then and they would not they wouldn't follow through with it themselves the Catholic Church or whatever nobody could could uh, love thy neighbor as thyself it wasn't even happening when I when I was a child and I said what is Christianity I mean um, there's a quote uh, well Christianity uh, it, it it's not that it's a failure it's just that it hasn't been tried yet You know, so that was Very a C, truly C, spoken. C, or C case, I forgot. But yeah, so I'm going like, oh, for heaven's sakes, how am I ever, how, I can't learn this from anybody else. Not enough for me. Yes, of course, there were good things and, and bad things, but there wasn't enough for me. So I said, I want to know who I am, what I'm, what I'm doing here. If I am made from God, I am God. All right, let's go, God. What do you got to say? You know, it's like, so in fourth grade catechism, uh, when the teacher was saying, well, yes, Jesus said all this that I can do, you can do, and more in my name. And I went like, wait a minute, wait just a second here. What did you just say? <laughs> I said, oh, walking on water, healing, all of these things. You're telling me, I'm in the fourth grade, that that if he's saying, and obviously you believe him because you're teaching me what he's saying and you're giving me this scripture that he, what he's doing, you can do, meaning the, a regular person, human being, and more. Didn't, I couldn't get to the more part yet uh, until, until, I, until I practiced what was the that I could do what he was doing. I'm going like, well, of course, we lived by River Road, so I was. I thought, well, maybe I could just walk <laughs> across from the River Road, you know, on the other side. Oh, well, I had to have been in some kind of a trance or something. I said, all right then. And boy, did I file that, you know, in the back of my mind. All this that I can do, you can do and more, Yeshua says. And I, I, I believed it. But I didn't know in the fourth grade how to incorporate that, whatever. And so then um, by the time I was in my 
late 20s and early early 30s, I had come out to Las Vegas, and I never stopped reading about the saints, and I never, I would ask everybody questions about how did we get here, what's happening, whatever. Could not find anyone until I found one, a teacher from, um, she was Greek, from Greek uh, background, and uh, what they would call a channeler, and I went to one of her sessions there. Um, she, she held classes every Wednesday night and used the Pathwork. This is a book called The Pathwork. This was another Greek teacher that was a channeler. And I asked the questions that I've had my entire life. And through her angel, her uh, teachings, I got, finally, got the answers to what I had been asking. Sufficiently enough to keep me going back those Wednesday nights classes. We go to class. The entire earth plane is a classroom. So here we are studying, you know, but I think schoolhouse earth is about to graduate into this other field that we really are unprepared for. And so not only do we not have survival skills on disasters in the material sense, but we don't know where we're going because we're afraid. We're afraid of, uh, of who we are. We're afraid of the unknown. Well, we never, we never got to practice who we really were. We never got to practice how powerful we can be in the healing, how powerful we can be with, with the teachings of Yeshua, the scriptural teachings of what, of what Yeshua says. And there you're saying something very important. Uh, even Nelson Mandela was uh, talking about that we are so fearful of our own light and that it's rather easy to see what we're, the, the dark side or the not so good side. And I find that in my work uh, fascinating and also within myself that we easily put ourselves down, put other people down, and um, not accepting the good stuff in ourselves and not wanting to even receive the good stuff from somebody. We are not opening up to receive easily because then we are not in control and charge anymore. And when we are thinking about why do we want to be always in control and in charge, because that's out of fear uh, and not trusting enough. So I find it fascinating that you brought the point up about um, being in state of surrender to surrendering to the divine and say, it's okay. And that struck me also with Bert Hellinger with his uh, family constellation sessions, which he created in a sense, um, being a former Catholic priest and then wanting to do, you know, different and have had his own family and saw the patterning. I find it fascinating that he see it with all the patterning and the changing of the patterns. When we change our patterns, we can change our lives. But there is one thing he said, certain times we have to just accept things because we have to accept that we cannot change right now the circumstance, our outer circumstance. We can't only change our inner perception to our outer circumstance. And I like it when we understand our limits here in the theater play of life, you know, okay, we have positive parts, I have negative parts, I have to accept those and try to do the best I can with what I have to work with and not strive to be superhuman. I mean, it would be nice if we can all be like Jesus, walk on water and being superhuman. Well, I don't um, know about that. <laughs> but, and, and, but at least to, to, to follow through and to try to do the best we can. And that's enough. I oftentimes find that my clients strive for perfection. Mm -hmm. I do too. But we never really realize that we are enough. It's enough. We are good enough. And what we have is enough. And what we are is enough. And not surrendering to what is. So, um, and again, Bert Hellinger with his family constellation sessions, or also called systemic family constellations, you know, there there's a cancer in ourselves with the patterns which are brought down sometimes seven generations like it was even said in the Bible, you know, the sins. I always say more about the misguided understandings of our forefathers trickle down several generations. And uh, oh, But also 
you know, like we talked about the last segment here, um, how then the souls on the other side come back down to help balance what they self-created so that everything is back in balance and the plus minus, you know, to zero it out, to come back to the oneness state. Um, I find that all fascinating. So if you want to look at yourself coming back to these patterns, find out about the patterns within yourself. Find out about what makes you you human right now in a theater play of life and i want to change something change first within yourself change your patterns find out about your patterns change your patterns and then the second thing i was told from the divine design is that when you focus on what you focus on gets bigger so The positive emotions are the rocket fuel in our life. Negative emotions make us shrink, make shrink in us that what is special about us, what is glorious about us. So my recommendation to all the listeners would be to, to have a positive outlook. And it find it fascinating also about Anne Frank. Remember me being German background and, you know, it feels a little bit uncomfortable what happened there in history and... Who was that? Who was that? Uh, Anna Frank. Oh, Anna, Anna Frank. Frank. Yes, Anna yes. Frank. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With the pronunciation, she wrote, "As long there is there flower to bloom, I cannot be sad." Oh. And at that time, she was in the concentration yes. camp. So, I found it fascinating that a soul in dilapidated circumstances and in very controversial circumstances could look at something small and tiny and beautiful. And be content, even though she could have spoken up against the bad this, the bad that, the bad that, you know, the yes, dark yes. forces. But she didn't. Very dark forces. She, yeah. she focused on something beautiful. And that was what struck me emotionally very strongly, that a person in... In, in those dire straits could still look onto something beautiful and make such a profound statement that there's no reason to be sad as there's some, something blossoming still on this earth. And that brings me again to this point, like, let's look on something positive. I'm sure there are as many positive things to look at as there are negative things to look at, but we don't look at them. We only look at the drama and we feel alive through drama and the more drama, the more we feel alive. And, yes. Um, but actually but it's very empty, isn't it? And right. Victor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning, another great uh, teacher, humanitarian, in the, in the concentration camps, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was a tremendous... Uh, teacher for me of the soul, when I began to meditate mm -hmm. and to pray and then going to these different classes, getting some of these soul answers, uh, finally, uh, and understanding uh, my questions, uh, I then said, well, I want to do what she does. So it was like, it's thinking, well, Jesus, uh, you know, all this that I can do, you can do. Right. You know, so it's like, well, she... She has this huge connection to this brilliant angel. So I I'm I can do this too. I want to do this. I want to be able to hear clairaudient, right? Mm -hmm. Clairaudient. So I began to meditate and pray and put that number one. Dear God in heaven, I want to hear you. I will listen. So meditating is listening and praying is talking, right? Praying, talk, 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 talk. Help me, give me this. <laughs> Help me with this, help me with that. And meditating is listening, more listening. Be still and know that I am. Meaning be still, be quiet, and listen, and listen. So that's when I began to hear. Mm -hmm. And then I would call them my, my guides as well. Because I'm a single gal and I didn't wasn't in relationship at, at the time. I haven't been in a while. I mean, was more I was in relationship with more guidance and, and, and angels and I call them the group or the guides, Yeshua, um, through the drum sessions and meditating and all the healing work that I wanted to do and, and did do, um, I felt that Yeshua was one of those messengers once in a while. And when I asked him specifically about questions um, that I would have 
you know, how come I cannot feel unconditional love? And in one time, one meditation, one drumming meditation, he said to me, Colleen, if you would only believe that I love you half as much as you love me, then you would love yourself unconditionally. If you would only believe that I love you just as much or half as much as you love me, then you would love yourself unconditionally, telling me that I am of, 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 of God. I am a child of God. I belong to that lineage. I am of the light. So for me to love myself unconditionally is, is for me to believe that God loves me as well. And if I truly believe that, then I would have no fear about dying, would I? True, and that's a very profound statement. My yeah. hair on my arm stand up. That's a very profound statement because that's the truth. If we cannot love ourselves, how we can love anybody else? And to accept ourselves as we are in this body limited, but nevertheless, love ourselves. That's a very powerful statement. And if we love ourselves, we, we don't feel the need to hate anybody else around us because we are filled with something way more powerful, which is the, the divine love. Yes, it doesn't exist. The fear is an, is an illusion because it doesn't exist. As you were saying in uh, the podcast number five about the suffering just exists for a little, for a for just a few minutes, and we are afraid of suffering, you know, mm -hmm. of the dying, but it doesn't exist. That fear, we make it up of, of this earth plane. You know, we, we make it up. And look at how much time we've been giving ourselves to get out of it. And it's almost like it's coming down stronger and stronger, or uh, the frequencies are trying to block you know, our, our, really, our true selves. So getting back to our magnetic fields and clearing these fields, you know, I look at all these horrible-looking towers, you know, the cell phone towers and all of that stuff. They look positively uh, monstrous, you know, like they belong to another planet of some kind. It's just awful. And all the digital stuff that we, that we have now, no one's looking at each other, talking with one another, hearing you know, being in nature, walking in nature, but perhaps we will um, reverse that again. The pendulum has swung so far in the digital world, and now um, I, I saw a clip on, on British television about a robot with, uh, with the, um, the interviewers there, and this robot was unbelievable and could speak um, as intelligently as, as the human being. It was, I never saw anything like it in my life. But that's where we're going. And here we have, now we're going to have uh, perhaps artificial intelligence, what, take our place? There are people losing their jobs now uh, because of these robots coming in and, and doing, performing uh, tasks for humans. Well, that should give us all more time to go within and meditate and explore the inner worlds, the inner realms and the inner beauties. But uh, for, for the average person who has a hard time sitting still and lives more outside than inside, how can we make meditation appealing? I asked myself that a lot of times and my guiding ones were saying that we need to make our mind cooperate. So... To find out what's going on, I let my clients envision their inner house. And it doesn't have to be their house they're living in now. It's just some symbol of themselves where the attic symbolizes how they think and the seat of the soul, the third eye center, and then so on, the rest of the house. And if you try to envision the inner house, you will see what's going on within yourself. Maybe do a little bit... Um, check up on your inner place on on your inner being and go from room to room and see what's there is it very dark is it light is it overcrowded what's going on and then clear it out make it a place you can com feel comfortable in and even from that 
mental work, having the mind go along with the spiritual and the subconscious, the seller, um, you know, create a beautiful space within and then it will shine outside. Mm, talking about shining. When I was talking to my guides, like you got this profound message, love yourself if you would only know uh, and love yourself as half as you love me, you know, there would be no need um, to be desperate. So here the same way I was told, understand yourself as a walking aspect of God on this planet and they were telling me just because you're allowed to do this job this lifetime doesn't mean that you're better than any person who does other work or don't put yourself ever about anybody else um, but at the same time own that you are an acupuncture point on this planet a walking acupuncture point on this planet own that you are a divine being of light walking this planet that you are an extension of god on this planet and i think when we would understand ourselves as this divine light an extension even if not a perfect extension but an extension of the source on this planet um we would automatically look more within ourselves and outside what's going on here and there and, and so on. And um, I love that profoundly what your guiding ones told about, you know, loving the being more and not loving ourselves. But to start with that, I think that's one of these things I would love to underline today for this podcast to to be more loving to ourselves and be less hateful even to our own selves so that the love in our self and our heart can grow like a seedling. Yes, so that, that message, and it actually was a guided meditation back to Jerusalem, and it was uh, Palm Sunday. We just um, just uh, celebrated uh, Easter Sunday 2018. This was about four years ago, I think, and it was a small group, and I was just doing working with the drum, just beating like a heartbeat myself, just myself, no other uh, drummers. And we were doing a guided meditation back to Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And I said, everyone visualize themselves in the clothing that they wore. And it's dusk, and we are going to the upper chamber, the upper room. And the, the, the intention for this particular uh, meditation will be to get a message from the messenger. Who are the messengers? The messenger, the angels, um, God, Yeshua, the messenger. So the, the intention was, as we go back into the upper chamber... And I'm drumming the heartbeat, and we're, you are going to be given a message that will give you something to do for today in the, in the, the time period that you are now, 2,000, uh, 2000 years in the future. So the message to be given by the messenger then in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, you would remember that message or that exercise or that important uh, memory uh, right now in my living room in Mystic, Connecticut. And then it was about a half-hour meditation, whatever, and I heard um, Yeshua give me the, the message. I stopped drumming, and in the, in the air came a voice, message received. <laughs> and it was from somebody's cell phone. It was from someone's cell phone the moment that I stopped drumming. Message received. So we went around the room and I asked each one, what kind of message you know, were you given and who, who, who gave it to you? Who was the messenger? And that's when I had received that message. Because... I was always saying, I'm always saying, I love you. I love you, God. I, I love you, Yeshua. You know, I love you. And then, and then Jesus says, well, okay, <laughs> Colleen, and calls me by name, Colleen. Why don't you believe me? Why don't you believe me? Because here it is. Here's the thing. If you believed me, then you would love you. If you just believed that God loves you, then you would love you. 
then you would not commit these, uh, all these atrocities or this thinking that you are not loved because we, we have been programmed uh, not for that love. We've been pro- we were programmed to begin. We came in with it. We were born with it, the unconditional seed of love. But then we're programmed right out of it. And we're, you know, kind of drummed right out of it because that's what we, we maybe didn't grow up with that. Or everyone's struggling for it. Everyone's trying to, to find it, the unconditional love. And it's very, very hard to attain. So we're trying to figure out all these different ways how to become just peace, get to ourselves, come to a peaceful spot to at least try to get a little bit of that back or, or find a little bit of that with a smile back on the heart, just a little bit, so we can remember how much we are really dearly, 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 dearly loved. And then once we believe that, then we're not afraid. And um, to make it practical, I think it's such a wonderful, wonderful message you got. But um, how can our listener do it for themselves who does not have somebody who drums for them and guides them but somebody's anxious about something and need a response or need a message for themselves. While you were talking about your experience, I was closing my eyes and I felt like I wanted to almost put my hand on my heart and feeling my drum beat, my heartbeat, and asking, okay, what message do you have today for me? So maybe we can do that um, in our own remote little nooks and corners of the world and put our folded hands on our heart and feel our own drum and our own drumbeat and our own existence here, but closing our eyes for a moment and ask, what message is there today for me? And then just trusting that it's okay. Oftentimes, we don't have trust also that we can get a message. It's always others who know better than us. So I think a lot has to do also with the trust and that, practice. We, are, that we are divine and we are allowed to have a message, that we are allowed to ha be divine, that we are allowed to be the light, that we are allowed to be glorious and wonderful beings, you know, and, and look at our divinity even. Well, we're going to find out, you know, sooner or later. Right. You know, my father, uh, I actually went back to Mystic Connecticut. Uh, some other people have said, oh, Colleen, you, you built your center. You went back to Mystic Connecticut so that you could help your father um, before he passed over. And it was about four years, four and a half years before he <laughs> finally let go. He really let go. But he, would, he wanted to be taken. He couldn't drive anymore. He wanted to be taken to the graveyard to visit um, his wife, my, our, our mother, and he would <laughs> have this cane, you know, and he would just rap on the, you know, on the, on the stone there and he'd go, all right, honey, move on, move over. I'm coming in. <laughs> he'd say, oh my God, dad. Okay. That's good. But, you know, he knew, you know, eventually mm -hmm. that he was going to, to pass over. But so it's, I say, make a little corner, actually make a little corner in your house take a closet um take a little piece just put and put uh things that you that you love there a flower uh something something a, a memento someone's given you something that's meaningful and and you could go there in this corner carve out a, a place a space outside inside or whatever it doesn't have to be that large and begin to to remember begin to go back into listening, you know, to, to your higher self and who you are and invite, you know, the family members to do this as well. Shut the television off. Shut the electronics down. You want to hear some really cool stuff? Shut all that stuff down. And you have questions or you're struggling with things, there is a way out. And there are solutions. And I say we do not have to get to stage four cancer in order to shut all that other stuff down and, and, and go, you know, continue to go against our own creativity, our own souls. In order, we don't have to get that sick to go there. Let's experiment. I mean, we're here to experience and experiment. And I think sometimes we're being used as experiments, you know, ourselves. And I, I don't like that. I want to have my own connection 
my own ideas, my own truths, and know and really feel the power of that and understand that. And that's what I went after. And basically, the surrendering was like, all right, God, I give up. I mean, really, I give up. You do it. Let go and let God. You know, you do it. I am so sick and tired of being sick and tired, of not having any answers. And I don't want to get to stage four cancer. I don't want to get to that stage four cancer that my mother got to, you know, 57 years of age, eight kids later. You know, she 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 died seven years uh, later, 1995. It was a profound experience, you know, certainly changed my life. And I built uh, a center. It began as an intention to build a center for cancer patients, but it was for everybody, including me, because of that fourth grade, uh, you know, download of uh, Jesus saying that, hey, all this that I can do, you can do and more. So I didn't think of him as a deity that I couldn't access. I thought of him as... uh, he 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 made me. I I'm him. He's with me. I'm I'm with him. Look at the things that he can do. What is he doing? He's forgiving. He's healing. Okay, all right. I'm not going to say that that's not impossible for me. If he's telling me that that's possible, and if I'm following his scripture, his love, his light, then what is what the first commandment should be? Well, love God, right? And love. Love God with all your heart and your mind, your soul. It's fine. Love yourself because you are part of that. And so here we are. 2018. (laughs) Do you have any predictions for the rest of this year, though? Claudia, are we going to get there? Are we going to are we going to find more people that I think um, what I mentioned earlier about 2019 where the universe will support us in what we want and we have to make a decision what we want and according to that we will get it not necessarily always in the way we think we should get it but we will get it and um, I think 2019 will be a year of respite before the big storm so so we still have to go through that to get ready for this um one step of a time and um, all the practical things you were mentioning today I think should give us a good move forward in our everyday lives to just go and do or sit and listen and And be patient trust and be patient also because nothing is happening overnight my guiding ones were always saying confirmation comes to practice so even if you cannot sit still for a long period of time, just even in your chair when you're a secretary and your bosses are, you know, in a hectic state or so on. And if you start the door, close your eyes for a moment and give it just a moment and take a deep breath and just be with yourself. Just a moment. It doesn't have to be an hour, an hour and a half. Just right. just get a little bit into this meditative state. And coming one more round about the colors and to accessing of who we are, I tell sometimes to just get a framed canvas, pick out four colors of acrylic paint, do a little prayer and say, I would like to express my essence, my soul energy and just start. It's not about painting trees and flowers and birds to accuracy and photography state, it's just about self-expression. And while we're doing this, it's like a active meditation. You know, a yes. lot of people cannot say still. A lot of kids have ADD these days. So uh, to be active, but by doing so, you're connecting with the colors, you're connecting with the frequencies, and they connect, <coughs> excuse me, and they connect with your own body. And then going into this active meditation mode, that's another way how we can access our core. Thank um, you. Now, also, you can find Claudia Granger in Sedona. And that's where you are doing your readings and by phone, in person, right? Yes, both by phone, person, Mm -hmm. Skype, and all these technologies are which are available (laughs) these days. I work worldwide. Yes, I do. So you can find her. And did you want to 
give your email address? Or? Uh, you can just go to claudiagranger.com and you will find everything you need. And there's another one in the process called um, Psychic Education, where I want to m make people more aware about their own cap capacities and capabilities. But that's not quite done yet. So stick with claudiagranger.com. Oh, good. good. Oh, that's wonderful. My healing center was all about empowerment. Mm -hmm. And it, that was just that. And and practicing of being able to listen and to hear. And the number one thing was desire. You have to desire it, really, really desire it, and then have patience for it. But that has to be number one, number one priority. And I just want to say one more thing about uh, uh, the souls, of our souls, and who's in charge of that, and it, it's not Trump. <laughs> because I have friends up in Alaska, and they were besides themselves, right, when he got elected. Uh -huh. And I said, come on, you guys. He's not in charge of our soul. No politician is in charge of our soul. We are. But now, what has he done? He, he put up this huge mirror. Otherwise, he wouldn't be there. And so he's given us the greatest gift as perhaps cancer patients have, you know, understood when they got there to that point, unfortunately, but they just dropped everything that they didn't want to do and they were so unhappy about and began to heal. He <laughs> shook us up yeah. to see what we are made out of. <laughs> Here you are. How do you like it? How do you like your image? What, what, uh, what, what the heck is going to happen now? And it completely divided, you know, all, certainly my myself and, and people, but I know I don't speak about him or I thank thank God, look at what he's done. He brought us to the crossroads here. Shaking and people up to see what they're made out of, what we are made out of, yes. because it comes definitely out into the open now. Yes. And now it gives us then through the chaos and through the shaker upper a way to look right. within ourselves. Right. And that's how we, we that's the, the first words of the podcast that we started. <laughs> right. So thank you very much, Claudia. Thank you, everybody else. And hopefully the next podcast will be in Las Vegas. And uh, we'll see you for podcast number seven. Thank you, Claudia. And thank you, Colleen, for giving us the platform today to be able to come together here through the podcast. And um hearing and listening to the truth in each and every one of us. And this is Mystic Grace signing off. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.